0: ago um, when I was invited to a businessman's lunch. I was a new Christian and uh, I went with a friend uh, to a a businessman's lunch and um, it was weird. (laughs) But it was good weird. I didn't know it was good weird at the time because I thought, because I'd only seen kind of, what i'd what i'd learned from the bible and you need to learn your bible and you need to do but actually this was supernatural i'm thinking oh wow testimonies of people finding jesus etc so i want to encourage you um this guy's been on a real journey and he's got something to offer us so let's bring roland up come on mate You can always tell how serious the preacher is by the size of his Bible and, and how, <laughs> how worn out it is. I, I've changed to electronics now, so it doesn't <laughs> look... <laughs> so, Father, we thank you for Roland. We thank you for the gift that he is to us, Lord. And we pray for this word will be uh, timely for everybody in this room in the ways that only you can do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Well... Wow. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's a real honour to be here and to have this opportunity to share some things that God's been doing. Um, before I start, I'd better, better mention this. We've got the Flame of Revival uh, meeting on Friday, this Friday, at uh, Rittle uh, Sports and Social Club, if anyone's interested. Uh, we do see... The supernatural happening there, uh, with healing and salvation, etc. It's a good introduction to what's coming here. We've got a weekend with the supernatural. And I think it'd be a good introduction to some people as well to see that. But maybe today will be as well. (laughs) I, uh, I hope so. I certainly hope so. You know, I've been thinking of, you look at the news... And the world's in a real mess, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Sorry. And uh, there's a war going on, a spiritual war. And one of the first miracles I heard about as a kid was Dunkirk, <laughs> and His Majesty the um, King George the Sixth he gave out Bibles to all the the servicemen and uh, he put a note in it and it said, a message from his majesty the king to all serving in my forces by sea or land or in the air and indeed to all my people engaged in the defence of the realm. I recommend the reading of this book. For centuries the Bible has been a wholesome and strengthening influence in our national life. And it behoves us in these momentous days to turn with renewed faith to this divine source of comfort and inspiration. That was September 15, 1939. I was born in 1938. It wasn't my fault that the Second World War started soon after. But uh, it was an experience going through it as a kid. And I believe that miracle occurred because a lot of guys in the army and that really turned to God during those desperate times. And sometimes people in this country have turned when we've had desperate times in their lives. And when I got saved, one of the first first things I, I really learned about prayer, because I hadn't got a clue. I hadn't got a religious background was the lord's prayer i didn't really understand it but he gave me a revelation that it's a structure that you work on you don't use it as the prayer our father who art in heaven that's introduction to worship the father father god and then your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and i started to declare that it's a declaration I started to declare it in my life. Lord, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, in my family, in my church, in my community. And there was life in it, because I did see change. But before that, I, I had been quite a toe rag before I, I met the Lord. Um, I was in a meeting in Benfleet two weeks, no, yeah, two Sundays ago. And um, there was a man in the congregation who uh, gave his testimony. He was one of my police recruits before I become a Christian. And he hated me so much, he wanted to attack me with a baseball bat at night. But he was a bit worried about it because I was a black belt at judo, you see. And we uh, thought you might get duffed up. But anyway, one reason he hated me was I used to take the, the uh, police recruits swimming to Westminster College in Oxford. We used to use their swimming pool. And uh, always the last one in, I used to say, right, 10 press-ups and 10 lengths. I mean, the non-swimmers learned to swim in the first lesson because they were more frightened of me than the water. And he came in last, and I said, right, 10 press-ups. He said, but Sergeant. Now he slipped on the ice outside, torn his trousers leg, and was bleeding. And I said, 10 press-ups. And then he said, but Sergeant. And I said, 20. And he said, but Sergeant. I said, 30. He said he cursed me on every (laughs) press-up. And he asked me to forgive him for cursing him. And I said, yeah, sure. Please forgive me for provoking you. You know, we had a hug and that. And then I moved in the word of knowledge, and the first one up was him. He had asthma, and he got totally healed. (laughs) And now he's a pastor of a Baptist church. God does things with people, doesn't he? And he certainly changed me. I mean, I was um, an adulterer. And uh, very hard on people. And Margaret was really planning to leave me. And she got saved. And one day we had her round. She said, oh, "I'm going to church to pray for our marriage. You coming?" I thought I'll go along, and keep her happy. I didn't. I wasn't really interested in going. But when I got there, the people were normal. I don't know what I expected. And, and uh, you know, but I didn't really want to know. But the wonderful thing was they started to pray for me. At the time, Margaret wouldn't pray for me because it was so precious to her, her faith, that she thought I would spoil it. And I can understand that because I was so big-headed and uh, dominating. And anyway, they started to pray for me. And nine months later, I'm driving back to this police training centre where I was an instructor. And the car broke down. So I lifted up the bonnet, and the engine went up in flames. Now, I had an extinguisher. I put the fire out, but the car was wrecked. But the wonderful thing was I met the Lord at the side of the road. And it scared hell out of me. He needed to. And I didn't have this religious background, but all I knew was I needed to follow him and change my direction. Because I knew, I really knew I was going to hell and so I started to get hold of it. I got hold of a New Testament these, uh, these are the ones I gave out to the police when I was a police chaplain later on it was like this and I, I, while I wasn't in the gym terrorising the poor police recruits I'd be by my bed getting angry no one had told me this well Mar- Margaret told me that she did tell me but I didn't listen but I started to take notice of what the words said and it was life to me. And then I read a book called Nine O'Clock in the Morning by a guy called Dennis Bennett, who was a vicar over in the United States. And it spoke about ordinary people like you and me seeing miracles, having an empowering of God, this baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in languages they'd never learned, speaking prophecies. And I... Th- I thought, this is ma- amazing, you know, and it must be true because he's a vicar, otherwise I'd give him the sack for lying. <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> and I, I didn't understand speaking in tongues, but I said, Lord, whatever you got, I want it. I don't understand speaking in tongues, but I want it. And straight away I spoke in tongues. And straight away I started to doubt what I was doing. I thought, oh, it must be me making it up. And I put it on one side for two weeks and there's one weekend I came home and Margaret met me at the door. She said, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants you to have this. I said, So do I. So we went in the sitting room, knelt down religiously, and we started to pray. And then she spoke in tongues. I thought, Well, I did that. And then I started to pray in tongues, and then I got the interpretation. In fact, I started to weep for the people of Northern Ireland. And I never thought of Northern Ireland before. And I never wept for it myself, let alone anybody else. But he was doing a deep work in me. And he was changing me. And softening my heart. And even at the police training centre, they voted me in as the, the best instructor. Whereas before, I think they'd like to hang me, really, you know. I changed. It took a while, really, for us to sort our relationship out because trust takes a time to build up doesn't it and it took a little while but he was in it and Margaret was praying for me a lot and I appreciate that I really appreciate her I love you <laughs> but um, what I feel today is it'd be good to introduce more of the supernatural To us, you know, because nothing's impossible with God. We limit Him too much. We make Him too small. Try and work out what He can do and what He can't do. And and what I found was, well, I was running a judo club when I first got saved, and on the weekend, and uh, because I was home from the training centre on the weekend, and uh, my youngest son hurt his elbow. He twisted it when he was doing his judo. And we prayed for him. And the next thing is, he's back on the mat, throwing the other kids and rolling around, totally healed. And we were quite surprised in a way. And then we went away with the church uh, on a Easter weekend. And um, I was sunning myself, I stripped to the waist with a pair of shorts on, not feeling a bit holy. And to my horror, I heard Margaret say to a lady, if Roland prays for you, you'll be healed. I thought, (laughs) I'm thinking, God... Where can I hide? And I'm looking around for somewhere, and she said, Roland, come over here. And I said, oh, too late. (laughs) And my thoughts were, Lord, if you don't do something, I'm going to look a right idiot. And I went over, and uh, I started to pray for this lady. I'm only halfway through the prayer even, and she spins around, and she says, the pain's gone. I mean, God does these things. We can't do it. He didn't even let me finish my prayer. I couldn't even take any credit. (laughs) Then, back at the training centre, I had a police recruit come to me. He said, Sergeant, can you do anything for my elbow? I can't bend it. I was still putting on the hard man. I didn't want anyone to know I was a Christian there. I thought I'd lose my my reputation of being the hard man. I said, "Uh, what have you done, you idiot? (laughs) Not very Christian-like, is it? And he said, remember the arm lock you put on me yesterday? And then, oh no, I felt really guilty. (laughs) And I knew I'd have to tell him, but I, I, I didn't want to tell him. And I had a real struggle going on. And in the end, I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes, Sergeant. I thought, I'll have to tell him. <laughs> so I said to him, look, uh, I can massage the elbow, but it's not going to help. It's a joint injury. But if I pray for you, I know the Lord Jesus Christ could heal you. I couldn't heal the itch on the end of my nose. What do you want? He said, will you pray for me? So I took him up to the um, medical inspection room, out of sight, <laughs> didn't want anyone to see this, prayed for him, and I just knew he was healed. I said, right, bend your elbow, it's healed. He bent his elbow, and his eyes and he popped out with surprise, and so did mine. I still had that doubt there. But I said to him very lovingly, don't you tell anyone about this. He said, no, Sergeant. <laughs> uh, anyway, someone must have told, or he must have told somebody, because a couple of weeks later, we had a... a, a Anglican vicar come and he spoke to 150 policemen and I thought well I'm a Christian now I better go along and see what they do so I'm sitting there and he finishes up it was a bit boring his talk about religion really and in the end he said have you got any questions and the guy stood up and he said yes I've got a question but it's not for you it's for Sergeant Tan how did you become a Christian I thought oh no laughter so the first time I gave a testimony, was in front of 150 policemen. Ah, oh, I could have died. But I had six men come to me afterwards and wanted to start a Christian fellowship in the training centre. Now that was quite something, because I was worried they'd ask me questions I didn't know the answer to, because I was a new Christian. But the Lord assured me they wouldn't ask me questions he didn't know the answer to, so I was all right. And so we started to meet in this boardroom, and we had a big... Table there uh, where they had meeting board meetings, and um, so I had several lads around this table. And then one of them wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, so uh, and he had a degree in philosophy that he got with a thesis on relative religions, and uh, he wasn't saved. But he'd be asking me questions, and I say, Well, somewhere in the Bible it says science, so and, so, and he'd tell me the actual scripture to so where to find it. And we look it up, read it, and he, and he got saved after asking me six questions. Then they wanted this baptism in the Holy This one guy wanted baptism in the Holy Spirit, so I prayed for him. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but so did the others. All of them. And the guy who had the degree degree in philosophy fell down on the table, was pushing himself up and trying to and kept falling down again and I thought well he didn't look too well before we started <laughs> but, but um, it turned out he was being slain in the spirit, it was something new to me I didn't really know about it and, uh, and one gave a prophecy another one spoke in tongues and they all, they all got baptized in the Holy Spirit to my surprise so sometimes people get healed the same way they, get, they don't have to have someone lay hands on them they get healed right where they are Last, uh, well, when we were in Benfleet, um, no, not Benfleet, it was at the Flame of Revival, Um, we had a a guy who came with the the speaker who was searching for God. He he wasn't saved. And um, at the end of the meeting, I I just felt the Lord tell me to go over to him and ask him if he had a problem with his back. So I did. And he said, how did you know? I said, well, the Lord told me to ask you. And he said, well, oh, I've, I've had problems with my back since I was a kid. And uh, so I, I sat him down, and he had one leg about that much shorter than the other, and it grew out. And he, he said, I felt heat on my back when you were praying for me. And I said, right, try your back out. And he did. And he was totally healed. All the pain had gone. But that wasn't the end of it. A lady came over to me and said, I've had pain from my knee right into my foot. And I was wondering whether it had come tonight because it hurt so much. I had difficulty walking. And I was sitting there and I saw you praying for that man. As I was watching, I felt heat come on my leg and foot. And all the pain's gone and she's been walking around, trying it out. It's totally healed. Now, she wasn't even prayed for. She just saw someone else getting healed. So we don't need to even have hands laid on at times, or we can lay our own hands on on ourselves at times and see healing. And, Christian, you carry, if you're born again, you carry the Holy Spirit. And it's not our abilities... It's our availability. It's his ability, not ours. He's here. It's his presence that's so important. He's here with us now. He's going to do stuff today. Well, don't get too excited about it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking of... of Isaiah 60. Where are we? Let's stay there. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people's. But the Lord will arise on you, uh, upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Now, people are going to see this. That when you're looking around the world at the moment, you know, I mean, it's such a mess. There's blokes thinking they're a woman, and women thinking they're a man, and everything in between. And yet, Jesus is the answer to these problems. And we carry him. And probably we're the only Jesus that anyone's going to meet on this earth. We carry his presence. But we need to realise it. Often we don't. You go through a whole day, you don't even realise or think about him, if you're not careful. But when we start to be aware of who we carry and the answers we have for the people we meet with problems and to know that everything works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. And that's so true. Margaret had something fall on her foot. She ended up with cellulitis in the leg, and painful, felt really ill. to the hospital in an ambulance, stuck in the ambulance for four hours before being able to book in. And you think, what good could come out of that? Well, the thing was that the paramedics were asking questions. They said, oh, how long have you been married? And it was 63 years. They said, what's the, what's the uh, secret? And so they opened themselves up. When they hold the plate out, you fill it up, don't you? And uh, so shared, shared the gospel and testimonies. And, and they were really excited about it. There's an opportunity. We would never have met those people unless that thing fell on Margaret's foot and she got the um, cellulitis. And that wasn't the only thing. They, they went off duty and another two paramedics, we had to go and sit in their, their ambulance, and they did the same. So they got the gospel as well. <laughs> and then you got the doctors and the nurses in the hospital. You don't give up with just four. <laughs> Spread it around. So he gives us opportunities even when we're going through difficulties but he'll bring us through the difficulties and heal us but he gives us such opportunities we can shut off from because we're so concerned with that instead of giving the gospel out and speaking to people. And testimony it says in um, Revelation 19 verse 10 is the spirit of prophecy, the revelation of of Jesus, really. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So whenever we share what God's been doing, it is Jesus, a testimony of Jesus. And so it's prophetic, and it can happen again. I was in Ireland, I'd been over to Germany, a lady there who was, totally paralyzed up with arthritis and everything and totally healed got got totally free of arthritis shared the testimony of it in ireland and a woman sitting there got healed sitting in her seat no one prayed for her because the testimony spoke to her i've got that i can receive the healing and she did You don't look too excited. <laughs> it's good news. It's good news. And there's many other ones. Would you like to hear a few stories? Yes. Yeah, right. I went to Ukraine, and uh, a friend of the pastor, or a guy who went to school with the pastor, heard about what was happening in the church. They asked if I would go around and pray for his mum. The doctors had given up on her eight months before. that She had to be fed, toileted, and washed by, by that, him and his wife. And he looked like that was going to be for the rest of her life. And uh, the Lord gave me a gift of faith. Now, it doesn't always happen. I knew how to pray for her before I got there, and I knew she'd be healed. And when I got there, I prayed for her brain cells to be restored, and linked up to the nervous system, right the way down the back into her feet, and down her arms in, into her fingers. And then I prayed for her hand and her fingers to function, and then I taught her what to do by bending the fingers back in two. And then I said through the interpreter, you do it, and she did. Then I got her arm moving, I said, right, now you do it, she did. When she did that, they stuck a fork in her hand and see if she could lift it up to her mouth, and they thought, that's great, he's, he's done something. Then I got the arm going up and down. She did it. Same with the foot, then the leg, and then I said, get out of bed, and she did. And she insisted on walking to the door and waving me goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you don't always get a gift of faith like that. That's really helpful. In Canada, the first meeting they, they gave me when I, when I went over to Canada, uh, they brought a lady in on a wheelchair bed. I thought, <laughs> oh, no, all my faith went out with my bootlaces when I saw her. And I'm praying, Lord, this would be a good time for the rapture. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh, God, that was one prayer he didn't answer. Anyway, um, I, I'm blocking her out of my mind, I'm talking to everybody else and we were seeing God healing scoliosis and legs growing and various other conditions and uh, she was still there at the end and I went over to her and I said what would you like prayer for and I thought what a stupid question I ask someone laid out on this special wheelchair where she had to lay flat she'd been in a car crash and uh, she couldn't, couldn't sit down because of the pain and couldn't walk so she had to lay flat Anyhow, she said, uh, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I thought, oh, praise God, I've got faith for that. <laughs> that was great. I was so relieved. So I prayed for her, and the glory of God was all over and she started to speak in tongues right away. And then I, I knew I was ducking the issue, and I said, uh, right, we're going to get you off this wheelchair bed. In the name of Jesus, you be healed. i got some on the other side, and we lifted her up. And we walked towards the pulpit. She's moving her legs, but she's off the ground. Turned around, started to go down the church, started to lower her. She started to take weight. Three quarters of the way down, she's walking. Then she sat down in a a chair, totally healed, no no pain. Completely healed. And uh, praise God, that was it. She insisted on getting a taxi home. Yeah, totally healed. And I didn't have... Massive faith. Some people think oh you must have massive faith. It's a mustard seed grain of faith in a great God that counts. Where we put our faith. You can put it in the doubt and unbelief and waste it, or you can put it in a great God where nothing's impossible. It needs to alter our thinking at times. You know, it says about um, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Romans twelve two. That's it. He wants our minds renewed. We need to start thinking differently. And the thing is, we're meant to be seated in heavenly places, it says in Ephesians 2. We're seated with him in heavenly places. Well, when we see from that position, we see differently. You get a better picture. You start to see what God sees and what's on his heart. And it opens up a whole new vista of things for us. No, no, I'm sure you should be getting excited now. <laughs> yeah, we got got a couple of uh, testimonies here, supernatural testimonies. Where's Debbie? Oh, yeah, come up, Debbie. Come and come share.
2: Hello, everybody. Um, we were on holiday. I just move that up a little bit? Uh, we were on holiday. We just came back yesterday and we went on a cruise, um, which was absolutely lovely. And right in the middle, when we were, they kept saying we're over a thousand miles from the nearest um, piece of land. Right in the middle, last Saturday, quarter past seven in the morning, I had an accident. And um, it was a metal bottle with liquid in it. And um, it exploded and the lid Shot into my eye. And if you're queasy, you might want to just put your things in your ears. Um, but um, I went down to the medical centre um, holding my eye, and I could see that it filled with blood and it looked very horrible. And I got down there, and they did all sorts of examinations and things, and they said that the iris, the coloured part of my eye, had split all top to bottom. And I would need an operation to have it all sewn up. And I don't like medical intervention or anything. I always pray for healing. I don't, I don't disagree with medical intervention, but I just believe that God has us, every cell of our body, top to bottom. And the instant this happened, before I even could get my hand up to my eye, the Holy Spirit said to me, in my spirit, he said, this will be a supernatural healing And my spirit said, I agree. Before I even got my hand up to my eye. And my second thought was, um, as I put my hand up to my eye, I think I've lost my eye. Because the whole of that part of my face went numb. And as I put my hand there, I realized, no, I still have an eye. So that's good. Um, And my third thought was as I looked at the mirror and I saw the damage that it caused. And that was the point where the unbelief can come in if you let it but I hung on to the thought that this will be a supernatural healing, and I knew this was gonna be an instant supernatural healing. So when I was in the medical center, and um, they don't have surgeons or anything on the ships, they have uh, like a first aid equivalent, and they do have a doctor there, Um, and they said that I need this operation. The next time I could really have it would be the first piece of land that we got to, which would be Monday, and this was Saturday morning. Um, So they said, all we can do really is um, they said is dose you up on painkillers because they said it is a really traumatic injury you're going to be in a lot of pain for the next few days so we're going to give you all these different painkillers and my spirit said I disagree and I said yeah I agree with my spirit I will not be in pain and the doctor said to me "Um, how's the pain level now and I said it's fine. I'm okay with pain. I'm not afraid of that. I will deal with that. And she said, well, I'm going to give you all these painkillers anyway. So she armed me up with all these painkillers. And then she said, all we can do really is monitor it morning and evening until we get to the next port. And then we'll get you off to a medical center and you can see about an operation. Um, And I went back to my room and I just surrounded myself in worshiping God because I know that he inhabits our praises, and I just wanted so much of him whilst I was going through this whole thing. I didn't feel pain. I can honestly say I didn't feel pain. I took two ibuprofen, just normal ones you buy in the chemist, um, to start the swelling going down, and I did not have another painkiller. I've still got them in the four boxes. Um, I went back at 5 pm that evening for the checkup. And the nurse looked in my eye and she started banging the torch thing and looking again. And she said, oh, I'll have to go and get the doctor because I can't actually see the laceration. It appears to have gone. So I said to her, well, before you go, I said, I have been praying all afternoon. I said, I'm a believer and I believe that I've been healed. And she went, right, right, I'll go and get the doctor. So she went and got the doctor and the doctor came and looked in my eye and she said, that's true there's no no laceration there it's completely gone and I said well I am a believer I believe in God and I believe he's healed me and then the consultant walked past (laughs) and she said oh Dr. Peter Dr. Peter come in it looks like this laceration's gone and he just went "Mm," and walked (laughs) to the break and I thought perhaps he's not of that level of even wanting to get engaged in this at all um But it was completely gone, the laceration. So I still had a blood clot um, and some inflammation. And so, and I just knew I just needed to rest and pray and continue worship, which I did. And he continued to heal it. And so this was a week ago yesterday. And it's been through all its colors of blue and everything, you know, bruising. But I mean, if you look at me, there's there's nothing there. And I was meant to have an operation, have it all sewn up and everything. There's just no need for it because he's there, he healed. And you know, and that's what he does. We just need to keep our faith in him, <laughs> and don't let the unbelief come.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Terrible when you lose something, isn't it? Like that, you know. Don't know where it went. <laughs> well, don't take me serious on that. One. <laughs> right, bless you. Now, yeah, I think uh, let's just pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you that you're here now. And you want to touch people. And we just thank you for each one here, Lord, in Jesus' name. It's often in the middle of the night the Lord seems to speak to me. Maybe I'll get too busy in the day. But... uh, he woke me up last night, and the word I got was osteoporosis, or osteo—no, osteoarthritis. Has anyone got that here? Or? Yes. Okay. Well, this is your blessed day, all right. Uh, the other word he gave me was abuse. Now. If there's anyone with an abusive situation or something, or s- some relative who is, um, we can pray about that later if you like. Um, bladder problems, someone with bladder problems. Pain in the right, left foot and someone with pain in the left shoulder. And lower back on the left side again. The Lord wants to heal them. Okay. So Father, we just lift up this situation these situations, Lord, that uh, you know everything about each one of us and you know more about us than we know about ourselves Lord and you want us whole and free from sickness thank you Lord that you forgive all our sins and heal all our diseases, that's your promise Psalm 103 and you're here now Lord here now to bring healing and wholeness to people, whether they have a word of knowledge or not. But, Lord, I just thank you for your love for each one. And we give you all the praise and glory. Now, who needs a miracle? Just put your hand up, nice and high. Right, now, there's people around you. Uh, If you could... Keep your hand up until someone is praying for you. I want someone to pray, all right? I want people to get involved. This is not a a one-man band, all right? So look around. Who's got the hand up? And put your hand on their shoulder or back or that. And start praying for them. now. Now, put your hand down if someone is praying for you. All right, put your hands down if someone praying. I was in Milton Keynes, and uh, there were some pastors and a couple of bishops and out there, and uh, I got people put their hands up like this and put their hands down when someone was praying. And there was a, a lady in the front row with a pastor standing behind her, and she had her hand up, and no one was praying for her. So I said to him, "Excuse me, would you mind praying for that lady?" And so he reached out, but then we found out he couldn't lift his arm before. He he reached out to pray for her, and he got healed (laughs) as he prayed for her. So the Holy Spirit can go through you and heal someone else. One over the back there. Can someone pray for her? That's it. Thank you, Trinity. Right, Father hands <laughs> Father, we, we just lift up each one, Lord. You know everything about them, Lord. And you are the healer. Thank you, Lord. We just want you to overshadow each one with your presence, Lord, and bring your healing power upon them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Saturate them with your presence and your wholeness, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise and glory, Lord, for what you're doing right now right now all disease to go joints to be healed relationships restored thank you jesus start praying in in tongues as well come on when we don't know what to pray the holy spirit does in jesus name Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just bless the socks off them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you Jesus. Right, now, you know, when I used to lead the healing rooms in Chelmsford, we had some people come a long distance and we used to pray long prayers for them. It doesn't make any difference. Short prayers are just as good as long prayers. And uh, because a person comes a long way, you don't have to pray a long prayer for them. All right, so try out, if you can, test what you've been prayed for. Just try it out, see if the pain's gone. Or is there any difference at all? You might have to wait till later with some people. Osteoarthritis, how was that? You don't know. You feel warm? Yeah, yeah, good. Lovely, thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Right. I'm just going to
1: release. Like
0: yeah, got, yeah, yeah, good. Thank you, Father. Oh, okay, so the kids are still okay. We've just checked. So if you've got children in the other room, they're not anxious for you to come back. So there's no rush, but we're aware that um, some people might need to go. So we want to release you if you need to go, um, but we're going to carry on as long as we need to carry on. Is that okay? So everybody get where I'm coming from. So don't feel embarrassed if you've got to get up and leave. And we'll go, oh, where were they going? We don't have to do any of that, okay? So, um, but we want to press in, don't we? Amen. Press on and press in. So that heating, that body is good. We want yes. more. Amen. We want more. Yeah. So we pray for
1: more.
0: Yeah, and do. Come on Tuesday and we can pray again and keep going with this stuff. Yeah, so... Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Don't be an audience. Be a participator, okay? If you've got Holy Spirit inside of you, if you're a born-again Christian, then you have the power and the authority to speak healing and wholeness over people, okay? You have the authority to do so. So I'm releasing you to do that. So please don't sit and think, oh, all the others are doing that. Why don't you try it out? Because you'll shock yourself when somebody says, oh, wow, I feel so much better, I've been healed, okay? So let's press on in. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Thanks, man.